When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Seasons greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. Hi. J.P. Mosher. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. J.P., how you doing today, man? I am doing fantastic. Fantastic. Going to give a little East Tennessee geography with you today, because we're in a fairly new venue for recording. Yeah. We're recording in a city called Daisy. That's right. Um, And to get to Daisy, I'm going to give you, even you East Tennesseans may not know where Daisy is. So, I I live uh, in Hendersonville, which is middle Tennessee, but my parents live in Athens, Tennessee, yep. which is eastern Tennessee. So to get to Daisy, let me tell you the cities you drive through. Okay. Okay. You've got Decatur. Okay. Then you've got Dayton, Sail Creek, yep. and Dunlap. Yep. To get to da- What is in any of those cities? And I'll give you the answer. It's nothing. <laughs> and the reason I know is today, today my wife rode over with me. And uh, those of you ladies out there, sorry, I'm happily married. Uh, right. And those of you that thought I was a lady, sorry, <laughs> I'm a dude. Um, but uh, but yeah, so she's like, so what am I going to do while you record for for a little bit with with Rob? And I'm like, oh, you know, you can find something to do around. <laughs> the answer is nothing. The closest city is a city called Hickson. Yeah. Rob's like, oh, there's a mall in Hickson. So I'm thinking I didn't look this up because I wanted to just not know what stores are in a Hickson mall. So I visualize in my head that they probably have a Spencer's. Okay. It's just every yeah, it's every, every mall. mall has a Spencer's. Yeah. Maybe a Hot Topic. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's going to have some sort of shoe sports store, and I'm going yep. with Foot Locker. Yeah, probably. And then it'll have some sort of clothing store, maybe J.C. Penney's, or maybe even if there's any Sears left, I don't know. It's yeah. probably in that mall. Yeah. So the and here's how we're going to segue into the episode. So I'm like, babe, you can go hang out at this mall, and she's like, what am I going? Are there going to be any stores there? You know. So I'm thinking of these stores. Well, I have a theory that our artist today worked at a mall like this and worked at every store like this except for Foot Locker. And okay. I'm going to tell you. So I feel we are covering David Bowie. David today. Bowie. Tell me you don't picture David Bowie working at a Spencer's. Definitely, definitely working, Spencer's. Yeah, for sure. Definitely working at a Hot Topic. Yeah. Okay. okay so we're at least two of those three. And sure. I have a theory that he likes to go into the Foot Locker wearing a referee shirt and just tries <laughs> to trick people into buying shoes. He seems like that kind of jokester. <laughs> like he would go buy a referee shirt and mm. go into Foot Locker. He would go into J.C. Penney. Yeah. Sears. Sears. What, buy get, the ref shirt. Buy the ref and shirt. then just go in and be like, somebody would be like, hey, do you have this Jordan in size nine? And he would walk in the back yeah. and just try <laughs> to be that guy and try to sell it. Um, maybe not sell it. Make but, up things about yeah, it. Yeah, like, be like, these are great for running and jumping and dancing. Yeah, dancing. And That's why right. don't we dance? Put why on these put red these... shoes. Exactly. And let's dance the blues. Let's dance the blues. So we are covering Let's Dance by David Bowie. Heck yeah. We've waited a long time to cover this song. And and it took a long time to get into the song, it, yeah, but it was worth it. Absolutely. Geography and malls. It, let's take a listen. This is Let's Dance by David Bowie.
running. <laughs> not doing it. If you say hi, we'll hide. Like a flower. Like a flower. Tremble like a flower. We know so, how those flowers tremble. Let me just get this part out of the way. Because I know there are people who are listening probably who are going, you went with Let's Dance? Absolutely. But here's here's the deal. Like, there's probably more. We had this kind of thing with Peter Gabriel, right? Where, like, Peter Gabriel diehards probably hated our Sledgehammer episode. <laughs> but we went with the one that we liked the most. Yeah. That everybody identifies with, you know, the and most. And that we have some backstory with, a little yeah, bit exactly. of time. It's, it's got some stuff with us. But so, like, Let's Dance is just a song that we love super tons. And I get it. Space Oddity mm-hmm. is and, amazing, and it's groundbreaking, and it was what it was. You know what I'm saying? He's got other things that, like, your diehard David Bowie people are going to go, <laughs> why didn't you do You know what I mean? I <laughs> Not that they sound like that. No. But, no, in yeah, their yeah, hearts. They in yeah. their hearts, yeah, they, they sound yeah. like that. <laughs> they may not sound like that with their mouths, but in their hearts. They're a little whiny. But listen, we did this one because it's fun. It's his commercial peak. This song went number one in the U.S. and in the U.K. Absolutely. So you can't. Like and we're in Valentine's. You got enough sappy love stuff. Yeah, you want to dance some with let's, at Valentine's. Yeah. so let's dance. Yeah, exactly. You put this song on back to back with "I Want to Dance with Somebody" by Whitney Houston. Oh man, that's a party. That's right. You know, <laughs> that's like good. that's a party. You get every uh, everybody on the floor with those two back to back. Absolutely. Uh, let's let's start a little bit. First thing I want to do actually is first of all, this is from the 1983 album of the same title. This is the this is the uh, title track. Let's dance. Um, produced by Nile Rogers from Chic, legendary producer of funk, soul, disco, and pop, uh, who we've he've, we've mentioned before, and he brought kind of a different element to this uh, particular album. This is like a um, sort of an ushering in of another new era for Bowie. He started in the '60s, uh, went through the sort of Ziggy Stardust era in the '70s, where he was, you know, wearing the like glam glam rock, uh, you know, with the the uh, painted uh painted face and the star over his eye and sort of androgynous look with the with the wild like bright red hair and kind of kind of stuff and then uh and then it was time for a sort of another shifting of era so he gets Nile Nile Rogers and Nile Rogers brings his sort of funk infused pop um not that wasn't all one word funk infused that was <laughs> fucking infused it not is fun funk infused not also fun confused it was <laughs> funk infused pop um this is where he goes to work at bilk this is where he leaves uh the hot topic this is i feel like you're right because i feel like the suit he probably wore women's suits with yeah. the shoulder pads in yeah them during this era you know what i mean <laughs> if you if you've seen the video he's playing electric guitar uh with white gloves on with like that you would like uh, inspect a military installation okay. with and uh i remember watching that as a kid going why is he wearing those gloves? How does he even? It's like Mickey Mouse gloves. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Um, but uh, turns out it wasn't even him. I didn't know that as a kid. This is the power of video that that's I always right. thought. That's David Bowie playing that guitar solo. It's not. Oh, and we will get there in the Meet the Band section. Absolutely. Um, okay, so the first thing that hits you about this song, I just want to go back and play the initial just five, six seconds of it. Um, this this opening chord makes you think it's going to be a totally different song, totally different kind of song altogether, right? You're going... Well, let's take a listen. And stop it there, right? Mm-hmm. You go, oh, yeah, this is Twist and Shout. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is, uh, this is, you know, I don't know. Um, but really, that is a callback to... Early Beatles sound and yeah, stuff. Like yeah, like early Beatles mm-hmm. uh, and, and Isley Brothers song, like Twist and Shout. You mm-hmm. know, you think, okay... Um, this is going to be, by the way, do you remember the, the commercial from the, I can't remember if it was like late eighties, late eighties or early nineties that played off twist and shout. Um, but it was like ice cream, milk, ice cream, milk. No, I don't even remember what it was for. If you're listening out there, hit us back on, on Twitter or, or facebook.com slash groups slash great song. Um, and, uh, let us know if you remember that commercial. I think it was for like, I don't know what commercial would 
would advertise ice cream, ice cream milk. and milk. Ice cream like, milk. I don't know. I, maybe it was just for like maybe it was the National Dessert Council. You know, <laughs> I don't. Know. Who who even knows? Anyway, that's funny. Um, I don't yeah, remember you, that. One. You think this is this is going to be a um, you know a Beatlesque esque like you know what I'm saying that's exactly <laughs> what it sounds like. Uh, British invasion. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, a- era. Um, but it's not. It turns into this totally different thing. And maybe that was a signifier. You know what I mean? Maybe he was like sort of um, signifying his change in mood here with kind of a gotcha. Uh, yeah. I don't know. But um, but that did lead me in, actually into some twist and shout research. Okay. Um, cool. I didn't know it, but. Uh, Twist and Shout was originally recorded by The Top Notes in 1961. Ever heard of The don't, Top Notes? Don't know those guys. Uh, it was produced by Phil Spector. Oh, man. That's um, big time. And, uh, but it was kind of not up to snuff with the original writer's vision. Uh, that writer would be Burt Burns, a.k.a. Burt Russell. Uh, we're talking about Twist and Shout here, not, not Let's Dance. Um, he took it to the Isleys then, and, they, and, and he produced their version himself, and it went number one on the R&B charts, and it got covered by the Beatles and became a legendary song you know, in its own right, uh, both versions. Um, but just for kicks, here's the original. We all know the song we're talking about, right? Twist and Shout. Absolutely. You, know, um, you want to play their, the one that they may most know first so they, for comparison's sake? Sure. Yeah, if we don't know Twist and Shout, but let's, let's do – here's Twist and Shout. We'll do the Beatles version. Mm-hmm. We're Beatles guys. It was for milkshakes. Yeah, the commercial was for milkshakes. Ice cream, milk. Shaking the baby. There it was. Okay, so I'm not going to play this whole song, but like, and then it's got that famous spot where it goes to that five chord. You know, uh, and it goes ah, uh, uh, right. So that's exactly what we're what we're calling back to here. Uh, but uh, I want to play you just a little bit of the original version uh, by the top notes, and you can see what you think. I mean, it is what it is. It's a, just a different song. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the Beatles heard that and they're like, ooh, we like this, but we can make it good. <laughs> no, they probably heard the Isley Brothers. They, yeah, they definitely covered the Isley Brothers. It's got this whole second, like, bridge section. Anyway. Oh, man. Wildly different. Anyway, that has nothing to do with this, <laughs> except that that opening chord calls back to that and makes you think this is what that is going to mm-hmm. be. And then it turns into this super cool pop sound with this uh, with this incredible um, chord progression. Mm-hmm. That's the next thing I would like to talk about is let's just go ahead and talk about the chord progression. Let's listen to it again and uh, check out these opening opening chords. Once we get past the the um, we're in the key of a flat here, by the way. Uh, B flat, B flat. It's in B flat. Um, Course is in A flat. Yes. Um, and uh, so we start on that first chord is in E flat, e like flat, seven, which is the four of right. the key that we are in. Yes, and, and the we're going five to... of the chorus. But right, yeah, anyway, we'll get there. Um, and really, yeah. All right, so so we're really going to B flat minor uh, here. So let's take a listen. So I'm going to give you what we got here. Our opening chord is, this is all over a B flat. Okay. So you're thinking B flat in the bass and it's got its own little, its own little bump, 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 bump. You know what I mean? It's got its own, um, sort sorts of things here, but our first couple chords are over a B flat. Um, so the first one is a B flat minor add 11, which means basically it's a B flat minor chord with an E flat on the top. Um, and I believe I believe it's got an A flat in there also, so it's almost like an A flat over B flat, but not really. It's more like an A flat <laughs> suspended over a B flat because it's got an A flat, a D flat, and an E flat 
over a B flat. Lots okay? of things happening. Yeah, lots of it's a complicated chord there, um, but it gives it all these chords kind of keep it moving until the very last one, which is just a true B flat minor, and that kind of gives it some resolution. Um, so our first one is a is a is a B flat minor at eleven, or like an A suspended A, a, a flat suspended over B flat. The second one is I'm going to call it a B flat minor add 13 uh which a 13 in in regular scale talk is like the sixth scale degree um so it would be a G so it's really if you better think of it this way it's either a B flat minor add 13 or like a G half diminished over B flat neither of those explanations <laughs> is super simple okay but um, whichever's easiest for you <laughs> yeah yeah a, a G flat uh, I'm sorry a G half diminished it would be like a, a G B flat D flat F um a uh, difference between a half diminished and a fully diminished I don't know if we've ever talked about this is is the one note it's either a half diminished has a dominant 7 wow we're getting super boring, super fast. I can feel it just pulling down. Um, so, so the difference between a G half diminished and a G fully diminished would be that the F would be an E. So, uh, fully diminished is all minor thirds: G, B flat, D flat, E, and then it's back up a minor third to another G. Half diminished has a true like seven in it, which would be G, B flat, D flat, F. Okay, so put that over a B flat. That's your second chord. <laughs> We're right. halfway through the first part right. of the verse. That's right. And then uh and then your third chord is um it's an E flat minor on the top, like the guitar's playing just just a straight E flat minor triad, uh, which is nice and simple. He's like, Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and then, well, it's an E flat minor, so it's not like it's a fun chord, but at right. least it's playable. <laughs> yeah. And then I believe the bass goes down to a G flat. So that's gonna make it like a G flat um it's like a G flat Major seven with an added six, so it's like a G G flat add thirteen kind of chord. I don't know, um, but it's uh, anyway. It's complicated, and it's not the easiest thing to play either. It's got weird finger shapes to make it happen on the guitar playing up in that register. Um, Nile Rogers, good job there, buddy. Yeah, good job, Nile Rogers. Way to screw it up for everybody. <laughs> and then it settles into this nice B flat minor chord. Okay, so let me let me hit play it. back through them now that you've written down your notes. That's right, and you know how to play along. Everybody, check your notes. Everybody, grab their instrument of choice. All right, one more time. We're eight seconds into the song at this point. We got, and by the way, we're playing from the album version, which is seven and a half minutes long. This is not the single that they that they made here the on the radio. For, yeah, here we go. E flat seven. Right. Here we go. B flat minor at eleven. B flat minor at thirteen. E flat minor over G flat. B flat minor. Okay. Now I'll give you the alternates. This is A flat suspended over B flat. <laughs> G half diminished over B flat. E flat minor over G flat. G flat add 13, maybe. B flat minor. Okay? Simple enough? Everybody got that? All right, we're about four minutes into the episode now. I hope you all made it through. A sharp minor, just to give a difference. Oh, man. On the end. Oh, man. I got infuriated today. Did you you say, no, you're not on Facebook. You haven't seen this. No. I literally posted on Facebook today that I saw this. Uh, I was was looking up a chord chart for something unrelated um, to this. And. it was in the key of F. The song okay. that I was looking at was in the key of F, and the the first chord uh, in the the chord chart that I looked up should have been a B flat, uh-huh. and whoever wrote it wrote it in as an sharp. A sharp, uh-huh. uh, which is just cardinal. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like that's capital offense <laughs> for me calling a B flat chord an A sharp chord. <laughs> I like I get it. If you're a guitar player, you would probably call a G flat chord an F sharp. Because that ha- you get that uh, a lot, but yeah. it, there's no excuse to call something an A sharp chord. Never, ever, ever. <laughs> Anywho, uh, there's a little more theory when we get to the bridge, but I'll save that because I can just hear everybody's <laughs> boredom. I can feel it. Um, While we're still on the intro, let's talk about the woodblock slash yes. cowbell, depending on how you think. Yes, we uh, we discussed before we started this. We know it's a woodblock. Yeah, but in our head, it's a cowbell. Right. We get a lot of. Like we've played this a lot with like wedding band type stuff, and so, Chad Cochran, we see you. That's right. 
So our our amazing drummer Chad would always bring uh, he would always bring this like cowbell woodblock setup to sort of recreate that <laughs> just that, for this song that cool percussion. Yeah, it was absolutely just for this one song. So like taking it on flights was <laughs> stupid, but we did it anyway. And we uh, went to Texas from Tennessee. With this, we carried a woodbell and I mean a woodbell, yeah, a woodbell carried a, a, two wood blocks on a cowbell yeah, just for, for this, this song. one song. It was amazing. So, uh, yeah, that's it's really like a woodblock, and it's probably digital percussion at this point. Although with Nile Rogers, you don't know. You never know. Let's let's hear what we're talking about. Let's highlight yeah. this part of the intro. All right, here we go. One more time. We're just really nailing. We love the really, intro. Really, this episode is about the intro <laughs> to, to "Let's Dance" by David Bowie. Here we go. One more time. <laughs> e flat seven. <laughs> and there we are. There you go. One more time. Oh, and yes. by the way, there's you can hear it in the percussion and in the guitar parts and in everything. There's brilliant use of delay, delay in this track. Good. Like tons of stuff has great delay on it. The guitar part kind of has so much delay on it that you can't even really tell what at times what the what the actual strokes of the guitar is and what's the delay you know uh-huh. what i'm saying what's, what's the bounce back and what's the yeah is it is it the a, attack is it a guy going dun, 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 or is it a guy going gunk, 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 with uh, with tons with the, of yeah. like good high level yeah. uh, uh high volume delay anyway all right back to the back to the cowbell. okay cool and we can touch on the delay here in a minute because i got a little thing that I, I i noted on that um famous songs with cowbell so <clears throat> Here okay. we go, off the top of our head. Everybody knows, has, if you've not seen the Christopher Walken episode, yeah. that's the thing that made Cowbell famous. It's uh, Will Ferrell <laughs> made famous, made famous the popular Cowbell. culture. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, them doing Don't Fear the Don't, Reaper by Blue Oyster by Cult. By Blue Oyster Cult. I got to show that sketch to my kids for the first okay. time a few weeks ago, and it was like mind-blowingly hilarious for yeah, them. Yeah, that's good. Everybody that hasn't seen it, please come out from under the rock sure, and see it. Yeah, I was going to say, surely everybody's seen that. If you've seen it, you don't even, you barely have the internet. So, <laughs> um, so other famous songs, we can kind of go alternating fashion if you okay. want with popular cowbell. Yeah. Do you want to play them as we go? That's a great idea. Okay. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to take the one out the gates, low rider. By oh, Moore. solid. I don't know if you had that one on your list. It's a personal fave. First I one not. I thought of. Nope. Here this we go. Low rider by war. I mean, come on. Hello. Hey, that's so money. That's it. And like, the in. list should stop there. That's it. And he's in. Yeah, I probably yeah. should have saved that one to the end. Such it's, a group. it's downhill from there. All right. You got one? Uh, yeah, I think so. I didn't. I did these in my head, and okay. so now I'm a little fearful that I'm going to say them, You're gonna and they're not gonna actually going to have any cowbell in them. It's going to be triangle. That's right. Uh, but I think – I'm going to feel so stupid, but I think uh, – if you love somebody, set them free by staying okay. with some cowbell in it. Well, it may be because Omar played on that. Okay, um, who's the drummer? We'll talk about that in the Meet the Band section. Let's let's take a listen, and if it, if it's not there, I'm just gonna say, oh, it was later in the song. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> let's take a listen. Wait, I gotta wait for the full groove to kick in. It's not there, but oh, I can no. hear how it would be there. I was just, God, 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 God. Okay, songs that should have had a cowbell Dang in it. it, dang it. Okay, that's all right. Rob's 0 for 1. Um, we're an American band, Grand Funk Railroad. Oh, yeah. This is uh, this is cowbell magnificence. We will do this episode sometime. We will do a Grand Funk episode. Thank Probably you. this one. Some Mark Farner. Mark Farner. Let's go. Here it is. Yeah, man. Watch this video. So, he is killing it over the floor, Tom. Like, yeah. he's just hitting the cowbell with everything he's got. Okay. I have a great story about this song uh, that was actually made possible by you, um, but you were not there for. But a name we haven't mentioned in a good solid little while, and, and I almost feel bad about it, is Weird Al Yankovic. Okay. Okay. Weird Al. We love you, Weird. We love you, we're, and we're still there. you will be on the show someday. Okay. Uh, we got Dave Barnes. Oh, By man. golly, we're gunning for number one. Okay. We made a... Near near miraculous. That's happen. right. This, I, I That's t- as close to I miraculous that, as you the, can get. The right two there. people that I want to interview on this show before I die are Weird Al Yankovic and Dave Barnes. We crossed Dave Barnes off the list, uh, and and so Weird Al, I'm, I will not stop until I interview Weird Al Yankovic. Okay, but uh, was it last year or two years ago? I can't even remember. 
um, you surprised me with a, a concert ticket to a Weird Al show. And it was on the tour where he was doing, um, like, deep cuts and stuff like that. Um, for the true Weird Al fan. Yeah, not for it, the people that want to hear Eat It. Right, it yeah. Was like, he was doing not, no parodies, uh-huh. you know, all, original, uh, all originals and stuff like that. And... Um, and it would have been two years ago because last year we saw him at Ascend. Correct. It was the different. That's correct. Tour. We saw him on the No Strings Attached or Strings Attached tour, attached tour with the Symphony. Um, but uh, he, uh, they would open up the second set with a cover, and uh, or they open up their like encore set with a cover. And uh, I saw him twice on that tour. The second night that I saw him, the one in Nashville, they opened up with Weird American Band. That's awesome. Weird Al and his band. Killed. That's a, his We're band is nasty band. good, dude. Yeah, so got some. Definitely got some good cowbell on that with John Bermuda Schwartz on drums, uh, uh, yeah. killing that intro. It was That's great. Um, got any more? Or, yeah. Since you went over one, let's, I didn't know. no. Let's go. Uh, how about come on, feel the noise? There we go. Yeah, got there one. we go. Right. It's basically the same. You could confuse these two uh, intros for the We're an American Band That's and good. go on, feel the noise. I, well, I guess except for the guy yelling, yelling, uh, girls rock your boys. Yeah, but. There's no cowbell. Oh my goodness! Feel the what is my freaking problem? Oh man, I was like, yeah, it made sense in my head. What is my problem, dude? We pride ourselves on solid research, and Rob is over too. It's all right. I'm gonna bring it back. Am I going insane? I'm gonna bring it back. Stone free, Jimi Hendrix. Man. <laughs> Maybe I should just do this section. Is this, is this just a cruel prank? He's going to be like, next, Here's my heart will go on. <laughs> Definitely as Calvin. You're stone free by Jimmy Andrews experience. <laughs> you got to wait till the drums come in. And there we go. There we go. That's a cowbell. That. Oh, that's what that that's is. That's a cowbell. The thing that's like ding, ding, that's, ding. That's perfect. Oh, you know, I've been, I think maybe I've been confused about what that yeah, actually is. Hi hat. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, listen, I'm going to. You got to get one. I got to get one. How about uh, we're not going to take it? Uh, that would make sense. Okay. But I thought if, Come On, Feel the Noise did too. Yeah. So I'm not going to say yeah. If this doesn't have this, we're not going to take it by Twisted Sister. Oh, uh, my. Wait. <laughs> Yes. He's back there. Okay. Whew. Okay, it's in yeah. there. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's distant, but it's in there. You made it. Uh, Hair of the Dog by Nazareth. And then I, since we're sticking in that vein, and then I got one. I got a, a finalized one, unless you've got another one that really does have You know what? I should, just, I should just quit. Hair of the Dog by Nazareth. All right. Is this a song you actually knew? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, I just don't. I wouldn't tell you. You know I Nazareth, know right? Nazareth. I mean, I know of Nazareth, but I don't. Love Hurts? Okay. There you, go. there you go. This is their other song, so that's the only way to know that. And it, that's just a cowbell, so. But y'all know this one. Okay. There you go, a little Nazareth for you. Okay, last one. This is my favorite cowbell song. This okay. is my favorite one. This is All number right. one for me. Mississippi Queen by Mountain. That's so good. that's the first one I thought of, like, when I started talking about cowbell. Like, that was the one that hit me out the gates. Yeah. And I thought, well, I could think of some others, but I saved this one. Yep, here it is. Fast. I love this song. Yeah, it was cool. You think it's gonna be double the time that it is, but it's uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I love this song. Good call. You, I didn't even go like Carlos Santana. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I didn't even go like Black Magic Woman, yeah. which I guarantee has some cowboy. Odds but, are good. But now I'm scared to even listen. <laughs> I'm never again going to try and just assume yeah. I know what songs have a cowbell in it's them. It's a good thing we didn't set up prizes of unspeakable value yeah. for all the ones that Rob could get. Yeah, no kidding. Golly, yeah. anyway, lesson learned. Education and cowbell, everyone. Yeah, how about that? Uh, while we're talking about percussion, drums, why don't we go ahead and meet the band? Okay, let's meet the band. Yeah. Hey, let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the band. Hey! All right, we're going to meet the band that played on this rock and roll jam with uh, David Bowie. Um, I'm going to start with Bowie. Uh, vocals only on this. He's shown playing guitar on the video. Actually, yeah. there's, but on this, his Mickey Mouse gloves. Yeah, I know, right? But on he actually only provided vocals on this. David Robert Jones. That's right. He could have been another da- could have been another Davy Jones. Yeah, uh, but like like the monkeys. But he had to change his name because of Davy Jones. Um, 1996 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Space Oddity. His first hit was in 1969. Does that song sound like it's from the 60s? No way. I mean, it's advanced. I, yeah. That does not sound like a 60s song to me. I thought that was definitely newer. Um, 
Yeah. You're, I mean, I, I definitely Y'all get, know yeah, what we say when we say space oddity, right? Should we play a little this ground, ground control, control to Major, to Major Tom? Tom? Yeah, from yeah. Uh, Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Do you remember uh, Do you remember who used that on a tour as their oh, man, walk-up I, song? Let me think on it. Was it Van Halen? No. no. Then that was a guess. Okay. Uh, the U2 Spaceship That's right. Tour. That's right. Uh, the, yeah. Yeah. So you know how bands... With the Muse. That was that one. That's right. With yeah. Muse opening up. That's right. They had the... Um, the uh, you know how bands will have like their playlist that plays before, you know what I mean? And if they're good, it'll be like a hand-picked playlist. Uh-huh. And then like the song before, it'll it's get just louder. louder. It yeah. gets louder. And so, to let you know and to build anticipation. And so U2 did this tour... Uh, I can't remember the album it was for. It might have been the How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb. No, it was after that. Um, anyway. Wasn't um, it the 360 tour? It was the 360 yeah, tour. I was trying to remember Elevation? the album that it was support of. Which one? Um, that one was on yeah, it was after it. that one, I think. It was. It? It okay, was maybe. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but the, the, the it, was it was in the round, and the and the you know the set looked like a big spaceship, and so Space Oddity was the last thing that they played coming up before they quote unquote took off. It was yeah, awesome. That's cool. I do remember that now. Uh, Starman Ziggy Stardust, we talked on that a little bit. Under Pressure with Queen. Yeah. Um, his final album, Black Star, released in 2016, and he died two days later. Um, Got to talk about Labyrinth, the movie. Yeah. Have you seen Labyrinth? You, you remind l- me of the babe. Nailed yep. it. Nailed it. Uh, he's Jareth the Goblin King. Weird movie. Uh, with 15-year-old uh, young Jennifer Connelly. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, it's Jennifer Connelly's the girl oh. opposite him in that. As the world falls down, dance magic dance. That uh, we're in a the place we're recording. It's a church. Um, I hope I can say that, but it's uh, it's kind of like a labyrinth. It's really mazy. It is. We have. Rob's these... like, I was like, I need to go to the bathroom. Rob's like, you take this fourth hallway down to take a left at the mirror. And yeah, I, like, I don't understand. There's there's several steps, several sets of stairs. Uh, my office is on the second floor, and there's like several sets of stairs, and they just. Are very yeah labyrinth labyrinthy yeah. yeah it's like it's like M C Escher staircase because they're all very close to each other uh-huh. it's almost like they overlap each other I don't quite understand and the outside stairs are weird. really far apart they're a different level I've mm. tripped twice going up and down <laughs> and I'm normally pretty decent with stairs um, he started playing this is David Bowie started sure. playing saxophone at age twelve saxophone was his first interest in, instrument uh, most requested song rarely plays it live but it's called Laughing Gnome. That's his most requested song. Weird. Um, on stage in 2004, um, he had to stop a show because he was hitting the eye with a lollipop. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Okay. These are just random Bowie facts. I'm that is a random Bowie fact. Um, he had his own mime troupe called Feathers. Um, <laughs> yeah, mime troupe. Okay. Can you see David Bowie as a mimist? I mean, he definitely has mimist? the gloves for it. Mimer. I think just a mime. Just a mime. Right? Okay. But he definitely has the gloves <laughs> for it in this video. Yeah. So... He plays uh, every instrument on some of his projects. He's one of those multi-instrumentalists. Uh, played everything on Rebel Rebel. I never really visualized him playing guitar. Like, I just see him as a front man. Hmm. Like, in my head, I don't picture David Bowie. It's, yeah. Holding a guitar. It's true. His uh, two favorite bands over the past 10 years, pre-death, Arcade Fire and TV on the Radio. I don't know TV on the Radio at all. I know Arcade Fire a little. I just thought that was interesting. Um, so there's some Bowie. There you go. Um, lead guitar. Guesses anybody out there? We're gonna give you three seconds to take a guess who plays lead guitar. One, two, three. It's fast. Wrong. Three. Okay, <laughs> Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yeah. What in the world? Yeah. Um, we're not gonna do a whole lot of talk on Stevie because we're gonna do a Stevie we'll Ray Vaughan yeah. episode. Sure. Uh, Rob, maybe want to touch on a little bit. But. I just legendary blues guitarist um, was sort of the um, spiritual successor to Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, right? You that's know what good. I mean? He was the he's the next. Um, I won't say I won't say next like great guitarist after Hendrix, but I just mean he took what Hendrix did and incorporated it so much into his own playing mm-hmm. that he's like truly a cha- a child of Jimi Hendrix. He even does I mean? Voodoo Child. So. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, um, and so um, you know he kind of took the the attitude and the energy and all that stuff that that Hendrix had and and channeled it into the you know, blues rock of the late eighties and or mid mid to late eighties and early nineties before he passed. So, um, yeah, Stevie Ray Vaughan legend. Like, absolutely. Is he, uh, is he Mount Rushmore? I was about to say that. I think we'll discuss that. Um, Maybe on his episode, him? yeah, because yeah, he makes the cut. Where I, his spot is, I, blues guitarists kind of end up in a different spot. It's a little bit apples and oranges. You know, it's which I mean? sound you like but, better, which taste you yeah. like. Yeah, you know, but um, yeah. But anyway, yes, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Anyway, uh, the other guitar player, uh, the producer, Al Rogers. We talked a little bit about his, his chord work earlier. Um, guitarist of Chic, 
Uh, y'all know him from The Freak and Good Times, um, et cetera. Produced Material Girl for McDon- McDonald's. McDonald's. For yeah, Madonna. Wait, I love that. Um, <laughs> I knew he was a producer, but wow, the stuff he did, did stuff with Clapton, yeah. uh, Stray Cats. Uh, we'll probably do a Cheek episode maybe, and I know we've talked about him before. Yeah. Um, on bass, Carmine Rojas toured with Bowie from 83 to 87. When he wasn't with Bowie in 85, 86, he was with Julian Lennon. So those were his two. Um, also toured with Tina Turner, Richie Sambora, and Stevie Ray Vaughan. I wonder go. if that was some way that he got the connection in for this. Uh, most recently, he plays Beth bass with Beth Hart. Um, y'all know her from L.A. Song. You know that song? Man, I gotta get out of this town. From I the 90s? Not, what? No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Joe Don, and Joe Bonamassa now. The, Beth Hart and Joe Bonamassa do music together now. And he's, okay. the, he's their bass player. I got you. So if you get a chance, look up I'd Rather Go Blind from Live in Amsterdam. Minute four, minute 50 seconds. It's awesome. It's slow blues, but it's Carmine going crazy. Okay. So. It's not worth stopping, but Very cool. you get a chance to check it out. <laughs> um, on keyboard bass, because there's also keyboard bass added yeah. on this song, um, Erdal, don't watch this last name, Mosier, Kizilke, oh, it's going to go K-I-Z-I-L-C-A-Y. Thank okay. you, Kizilke, for being a big family, for being a big listener of the podcast. We didn't want to mess up your name. Kizilke. 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 Yeah. Um, Turkish multi-instrumentalist, um, and he just does a bunch of Turkish projects. So I didn't know any of them, but okay. you can look up Ertl. Um On drums, um, Omar Hakim. Yeah. Bowie Legend. quote. This is great Bowie quote. Fascinating drummer with impeccable timing. I mean, what else do you need to say about a drummer? Ta-da. That's it. Bowie said you're a fascinating <laughs> drummer with impeccable timing. Yeah. So that's, a, that's your resume. That's it. It's, it's an eight and a half by 11, yeah. but it just says that in the middle. And it, yeah. It's, yeah. it's uh, yeah. References. One. Yeah. David Bowie. David Bowie. Yeah. Um, we talked about him on the Dire of Straits episode on the Dire, <laughs> as he played on Brother in Arms. Uh, his dad played trombone for Duke Ellington and Count Basie. Played with Kate Bush. He played with Sting on Dream of the Blue, Tur- Blue Turtles. He yeah. did play, and that album has Fortress Around Your Heart, and If You Love Somebody, Set Them Free. Yeah. So maybe he took the cowbell so away. disappointed. <laughs> you know, I must have been thinking about the the uh, the original mix. You That's know, a, the, uh, y- y- the deep cut. The demo mix. That's right. The demo, the original, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, Steph with Madonna, Carly Simon, George Benson, Daft Punk, Mariah Carey, Celine Dion, and now he's touring with Journey. He uh, has replaced oh, really? Dean Castronova as okay. the now drummer with Journey. Gotcha. Um, on keys and piano stuff. Uh, we'll just say he does some of the piano stuff. That Ron Sabino did stuff with Ace Frehley, Peter Frampton, Herbie Hancock. Now he tours with Todd Rundgren. Played Keys on Like a Virgin by Madonna. I feel like we're talking a lot about Madonna yeah, on this. A, a lot of tie-in. Yeah, typically, more than way more than typically we do. We mm-hmm. hardly ever mention Madonna. And we've mentioned her three times. Kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, he played Keys on We Are Family by Sister Sledge. There you go. And Dance, Dance, Dance by Sheik. And now he's a musical director at a church. So, really? good job, Rob. Okay. Oh, Rob, Rob. Wow. Um, on trumpet... Max Gellahan, lots of trumpet part on the full extended version. Not right, as yeah. much on the video and the radio edit. Right, um, but the, you get the little hits on the radio. The bump, bump, yep. bump. But, but you get the but there's like trumpet weird stuff solo on that the we intro. Heard at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, stuff with Grace Jones, Duran Duran. He does the trumpet on "Get Out of My Dreams" and "Into My Car." Really, Rob's favorite song, <laughs> Little is, Billy Ocean. Well, it's kind of rapey with a weird video, but <laughs> a bunch of kids and dancers and the steering wheels on the wrong side. But he plays the trumpet on that. <laughs> Um, played with jazz lesson legend Buddy Rich uh, on sax. Robert Aaron stuff with Blondie, Wycliffe, Jean, Mick Jagger, and Amy Winehouse. Um, there's two other sax players on this as well. Um, Stan Harrison and Steve Elson. We won't leave you out, but uh, Robert was the main sax player on percussion. Sammy Figueroa. He's been the side man with some greats: Joe Cocker, George Benson, Miles Davis, Blondie, Holland Oates, Dave Matthews Band. That's a good person to play percussion for. Yeah, and Luther Vandross. So that's the. Meet I the believe Manson. if he if he is who I'm thinking of, I have a video of George Benson live from Ireland. Yeah, that uh, I believe it's probably him playing percussion, just going crazy, just killing it. And his look is incredible because he's like kind of buff. With like just leather vest and no sleeves, <laughs> no sleeves yeah. long hair, and uh, that's man. the right look for a percussionist. Yeah, absolutely. Even if you're female, you yeah, know, you could just, uh, that's, show absolutely. the guns. Yeah. That's right, long hair. You got You know, if you're, I mean, if you got to navigate all these like congas and bongos and stuff, yeah. you know, wind chimes, <laughs> your arms need to be free. free. That's right. You can't be constricted <laughs> with all that clothing and fabric. You know what I mean? You just got to go vest yeah. with no sleeves. That's right. It's just the it's just the best way to. Don't be coming up there in a hoodie. No, sweating. No, no, no. That's the Meet the Band section. Yeah. Outstanding. That was a good band to meet. That really was a solid. That was a solid band. Uh, this was, like we said, this was uh, Bowie's biggest sort of commercial success. It was, um, the. I, there was a quote on, uh, I, I believe it was Apple Music from their editors. Um, 
Yeah, on the, the, the Apple Music Editor's notes on this album said Bowie's 70s work established him as the ultimate thinking person's rock star, but 1983's Let's Dance made him a full-blown pop star. Um, so it was it sort of became, you know, obviously he was already uh, kind of an icon, but this opened him up to people that he was too weird for before. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's good. This opened him up to just your dance floor folks and your, you know, your, your club people. Um, I um, have a little bit from... Uh, uh, from Nile Rogers. Um, this is from songfacts.com. A little bit of going back to Stevie Ray Vaughan and then, and then back into Nile Rogers. Um, so the, the song stands out from Stevie Ray Vaughan's usual blues rock territory, says song facts. Uh, Nile Rogers said in a 2018, uh, read an interview. He did that. Uh, he wishes there were cell phones back when they recorded let's dance so that he could have captured the look on Stevie's face when he first heard the track. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause, Cause Stevie was like just blues, blues, blues. Yeah. I want you to play on this song. It's yeah. Like, and then that. it's like, yeah, here's this Bowie track. And so it was so, so weird. Um, and, and then Nile Rogers added, and this is so cool. He said he knew it was so important that the first thing he played was one single note, a B flat, to stay out of the way of the groove. He then ripped as he got more comfortable with the band and everyone in the room. We became lifelong friends, and I produced the Vaughn Brothers and gave the eulogy at his funeral. Oh, wow. I just gave the eulogy at, at, at Stevie Ray Vaughn's funeral. But yeah, you hear him when he first comes you in. You want to play the song? Um, let's, yeah, let's go into a little bit. His first entrance is actually kind of after the first chorus mm-hmm. going back into the first but it's just this one note that just kind of lingers and sits and you go oh come on man you're stevie ray vaughn you know what i mean but it was just to let the groove be kind of the king Vaughn, ladies and gentlemen. Hey. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, pretty cool. I love, by the way, another thing about Omar Hakim's drumming on this. The the fills that come out of the, um, out of that, like, B section, right? The, because my love for you would break my When he means B section, he means, like, two, not the key of B. Yes, We're correct. still in B flat all the way so, through. Yeah, like the, the bridge section. If you say run, all that stuff. Um which is goes goes into an A flat and kind of a different vibe, and it lands back on that. Ah, uh, he always ends every time there with a with like a snare flam on four, and then nothing until one. So it'll go uh, tremble, ka, boom, and it, there's just a space there that I just love every time. You know um, that he he just lands there. I I think it really sets off the next part. Uh-huh. Like I think that kind of feel is looking forward. To making the next part pop again. That's and good, it, and it makes the long vocal of "Flower" stand out too. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I love one of my favorite things about the song is actually the way he says "flower" the <laughs> second time. Uh, so the first time he just comes in, tremble like a flower, you know, and he sounds like Bowie. But the second time, I don't know what happened. I don't know if something <laughs> happened in the studio or what. But the way he says "flower" the second time, his voice kind of breaks a little bit, and he just almost sounds like. I don't know, exhausted or like he got <laughs> kicked in the pants or something. I'm not sure. Let's let me see if I can find that. Alright, take a listen right here. Listen to the drum fill and then listen to flower. <laughs> it's like there's it's like there's an extra H in there, and then yeah. it's like flower. Like I don't know what exactly happened there, but I'm super glad it did, yeah. and I'm super glad it got left in. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and then actually, Hakeem on the on the end of that one threw in an extra little kick, a little like a sixteenth note, you know, and then a and then just the space. I love that. Um, couple, there's such a couple of weird Bowie vocal things on here. The other one for me uh, is. Oh, Yes. Oh man, it's so weird. It's like it's a little bit. It's kind of out of tune, and yeah. it's, it's kind of demanding. So random. <laughs> <laughs> I said, but on your red, you, yeah, it's yeah. worth finding. Guys, exactly. Yeah. The um. Yeah. Uh, Do you want to play a little of the Stevie solo? Sure. At least yeah. a sampling. Let's just so you can play see a little the, more. Just a minute. We'll... Here we go. It's a lot of his like 
he never does like go full Stevie, uh, right? Yeah. He's always it's it's mostly a lot of his. He's got this kind of signature lick that he does this that kind of thing. It's a lot of that. There it is. There it is. <laughs> All right, back to Stevie. Hang on. <laughs> That's that tone. That's one thing you get in the extended version is quite a bit more guitar yeah. solo, uh, which a lot is of different sections. Always good. Um, a little bit more on on a little bit more from Nile Rodgers, I should say. Uh, he he just has some really good quotes on this. Uh, in an interview with Mojo, uh, Nile said that the song was about more than a literal dance. Getting into the the song itself. Uh, he said when David wrote those lyrics, he was talking about the dance that people do in life, the conceptual dance of not being honest. Um, he sings, put on, and I've never even thought about this dichotomy. He says, put on your red shoes yes, and dance the, the blues. blues. Um, like you're pretending to be happy, but you're sad. Um, I'm glad you touched on that because there's a huge focus on the red shoes in the video. And yeah. I know I had a hard time grasping where they were going with it. I thought it was some sort of Hans Christian Andersen reference or something. Mm. Um, but I like that you touched on the color I, part. I read a little bit about the video um, that it was basically and, – and obviously this is how um, – the, the, the thing I read on the video was saying that it was – obviously a statement on uh, imperial racism, uh-huh. obviously. And I was like, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> but if you watch it through that lens, it does make sense. Uh, and, and actually in the video, it's got a, um, a couple dancing in uh, a bar. So what happens is it's like an Aboriginal um, family. It was filmed in Australia and they have, they have an Aboriginal family and they're sort of out in the, in the brush uh, and they find these red shoes and they, uh, I can't remember if the woman actually puts on the red shoes or if she imagines herself putting on the red shoes. And when she does, then they start seeing all these all these visions, right? And at the at the end, they end up trampling the red shoes because they see what will happen mm-hmm. if they if they wear them. And um, but in, anyway, they 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 filmed and they took this Aboriginal couple to a bar and just filmed and the people that you see in the background are actually just patrons of the bar they're not extras or anything like that they just started filming in this bar and david bowie's leaned up against the wall with his weird gloves on and <laughs> and uh you know and his guitar and um and so there's there's spots where um the patrons at the bar they were not happy about this aboriginal couple like there was some actual like racism in inherent in the situation. And so there's spots where you see other people dancing. And according to the thing that I read, that was actually patrons getting up and like making fun of this Aboriginal couple. Oh, wow. So you're seeing like these people act on their racism in the video. Wow. In real life. I didn't know that. um, In this video, that's supposed to be a statement about racism. That's really good. Good find on that. So everything you missed on cowbell, you salvaged (laughs) right there. That was good. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I can tell you. It's weird. I might not be able to tell you what songs have cowbell in them, but I can tell you what videos have racists. <laughs> um, I'll just start with the country genre. Um, <laughs> no, <I'm just> no. Like, <laughs> no. We did drive through uh, Decatur and Dayton, and uh, we're in Daisy, which is very southern. Yeah. We're Lots in, of country You're music. in kind of deep south. Yeah, I, I had something. the I had the satellite radio on and it automatically like goes to Highwaymen radio. And I'm oh, like, yeah. what in the world? How this happened? <laughs> I didn't have it there. That's funny. Um, a little bit more from Nile. There was some just great stuff from him. I found in this. Uh, this is from the film David Bowie: Five Years in the Making of an Icon. Um, he says, "Let's Dance" is not what I'd call a traditional dance record, but it's certainly a record that does make you want to dance. Uh, I thought to myself, man, if I don't make a record that makes people want to dance and we call the song Let's Dance, I'm going to have to trade in my Black Union card. <laughs> um, so he's a funny guy. He has a lot of a lot of funny quotes. Uh, David Bowie said he tried to produce something more upbeat and a little less um, uh, nihilistic than his stuff had been before. You know what I mean? Um, it was very heavy and what's the point and we're all going to die. And this was like, let's have some fun. Let's 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 have a little fun. Yeah. I didn't heard that he uh, played the original idea on a twelve string guitar that only had six strings, and okay. he played it for Nile, and he Nile's like, "Oh, I like it, but we need to change the key." And then they added the delay part because it originally sounded really disco ish. Okay, that if you can hear that without the delay, yeah, how that could feel kind of a disco sound. And Definitely, they were like. 
that was in the Disco Sucks time. So right, it was like, yeah. we got to get away from that. True. So they added the delay to give it some of that. Yeah. B-flat B success. Yeah. Uh, and it was a good change. I mean, it's a, it's a classic, uh, you know. Um, I mean, this is a, this is a, just a, it's just a fun song. It's so, I, I don't know. This is really, I don't go deep with Bowie. I don't have tons of Bowie. I've got a couple records, uh, Black Tie, White Noise, and, you know, whatever. But, like, I don't really, I don't have much. And I'm not, I wouldn't call myself, like, a Bowie person, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I respect, I res- obviously, you got to respect Bowie as an artist. Absolutely. And what, he, what he did. But for me, this is kind of, this is about as far as I go. This and Space Oddity are, you know, they're about the Bowie that I'm comfortable with. Uh, <laughs> I, I, one day, I'll, I go through periods where I try to make myself, get familiar more familiar with an artist because i feel like they deserve it you know what i mean so like i got into it more after i guess this is the wrong way but right after he passed away like, yeah i guess a lot of people sure. do that when somebody dies like oh man i should have listened to him more then yeah right um, what happens is like for, for stuff like this i hear it as a kid get an impression of it and then that impression becomes my characterization of that whole artist's career. Mm-hmm. And then later I grow up and I give it more of a chance on purpose, listening to it with a whole different set of ears than I had when I was, you know, six or whatever. <laughs> and <laughs> you know what I mean? I was yeah. like, well, Bowie's a weird guy. And then that becomes my characterization mm-hmm. of Bowie. Um, so I'm sure I'll do that with him at some point. I'm getting there on Elton John. I would almost call myself an Elton John fan at this okay. point, instead of just a fan of a few Elton John songs, yeah. I would almost call myself an Elton John fan. Tom like- Petty, I turned on Tom Petty, hated Tom Petty when I was a kid, and now I love Tom Petty stuff. Mm-hmm. Like so, it's you know great. If you want to go back happen. and listen to our Elton John episode on Tiny Dancer, even yeah. at that time, Rob would say stuff like, "Now, JP, you're a bigger Elton John fan right. than me." He would yeah. like admit that. So the fact that Rob is coming around, I'm coming around. I don't. I almost never turn off Elton John on the radio anymore. And he's is, not dead yet. Which is really I'm not saying, saying he's liking him because he's dead. Like right. He, no, no. He no. did do Rocket Man. Yeah. Well, he didn't. I but. listened to Rocket Man today. Yeah. Actually, so there we go. Um, cool. So you got anything else on Let's one, Dance or one Bowie? little thing? Uh, there is a cover. Um, Jimmy Fallon does a cover with Nile Rodgers. So really, yeah. So it's uh, if you get a chance, that's the if you're going to do this cover. Might as well have Nile come, with, pl- yeah. come play guitar. Oh, that's awesome. With you. Um, so I don't know if we want – we don't even necessarily have to send him out with that. But if you get a chance, go go check it out. It's been another fun episode, guys. Absolutely. Season 5 rolls on. If you have not yet gotten a chance to check out last week's episode with Dave Barnes in studio with us, uh, check it out, man. It was a whole other level of awesome. And we enjoyed it so much. Uh, we've already gotten so much positive response from it and feedback. And uh, and so hopefully we can pull off some more surprises like that in the future for the special 100th episode. It was amazing. Thank you guys for sticking with us. Um, Season five. That's right. You guys are keeping this train rolling. So we've crossed the century, Mark. We have, man. 100 episodes. It's it's just mind blowing. We've uh, we've toured the world and elsewhere. And uh, to quote David St. Hubbins from Spinal Tap. There we go. There we go. We'll see you guys next week with another amazing song. Until then, I'm Rob. I am JP. Go listen to some music.